too. And what's our intro? <laughs> Hello and welcome to In the Newsroom. <laughs> I'm Bo Simmons. Is that what it is? Okay. Editor of the Stillwater News Hello. Press. Ooh, can With we, me today can we are... do baddie number three? Can we can we do certified baddies in this or no? No one knows what you're talking about. You'd have to give your whole backstory. I think it'd be really sad though because Chris doesn't want to join us, so it'd be um, really awkward. Oh well, we don't want to be awkward. Yeah. I see you working with some cash in, flashing, flash cast up maddie, you a certified baddie. In the newsroom is a production in partnership with Studio Stillwater. Every week, journalists from the Stillwater News Press invite listeners to join us in the newsroom and hear the story behind the stories. Hello and welcome to In the Newsroom. I'm Bo Simmons, editor of the Stillwater News Press. With me today, producer Chris Peters. Howdy. Michelle Charles. Hello. Ashlyn <laughs> Huffman. Hello. We're here. We're back. <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> it has been a, it has been a hot minute. Michelle and I were a little busy. We we kind of took a month and did a whole other thing, right? That's true. It's not. It wasn't so much a hiatus as it was just a. Um, change in programming to to cover our elections right exactly ballot initiatives exactly uh nine episodes in a month mm-hmm. yeah it was a lot <laughs> how do you think it went just the overall i i think programs. uh well we got a lot of good feedback um uh, had a couple people come up and appreciate that we had especially with the mayoral candidates um you know them both on and get some background on both of them um uh, somebody came up to me and told me that, you know, they were like, wow, I didn't know about like Will Joyce's, uh, faith and what church he went to and like that he went to, uh, um, a seminary school. And, uh, and of course, you know, with, uh, Mark Trotter being, uh, kind of new to the scene a little bit, you know, learning about him and stuff. Uh, the real interesting thing is since post-election, uh, the plays for those episodes are still going up. Okay, people just wanting wow. information. Well, and I guess we should say though that um, for for anyone who comes and maybe they just click on in the newsroom, those are called grassroots. Mm-hmm. Still on, still under Studio Stillwater. But if you're searching that way and you want to look at all the the election podcasts, which was uh, transportation tax, visitors tax, uh, mayor world. Um, forums, sort of however you interviews, right. yeah, that up under grassroots. And I, I've told some yeah. people, I was like, okay, so you know, cutting to the chase here, both, uh, you know, Will won, uh, and both taxes overwhelmingly passed. Yes, and I think there's still some questions on, okay, these taxes are passed, you know, and there's still a lot of people that quite don't know what it is, and it's like, well. Go listen to our podcasts on the sales tax and on the visitors tax, and um, you can at least see from you know city leaders and stuff what they're saying they're going to use that for. Um, so I think it still has some value even even afterwards for people to just kind of educate themselves, and so we can kind of like, hey, you said you're going to spend the money on this. There is that. There's always that, right? There's some <laughs> accountability there because yeah. they came out in public and they said this is how we're going to handle it. So if it doesn't get handled that way, people can go back to the record and say, hey, this is what you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the other thing is I what I really enjoy is being able to take people who are political candidates. And these are local elections that we're covering. So these are our neighbors. These are people we see at the grocery store. 
you know, people are like, oh, politicians, you know, but I mean, these are our neighbors who are basically volunteering to serve because these jobs do not pay anything if you're talking school board to very, very little, a very, very tiny stipend of like 50 to $100 a meeting. Yeah. You know, if you're talking city council. This isn't and the same of, for as, you know, adopting a party and a platform exactly. that has to connect all the way up to a national level, you know, right. deal. And this they're in- not that. Sure. And they're intended to be nonpartisan elections. But I mean, in spite of that, sometimes people can get kind of uh, boxed in as being about a certain thing or for a certain thing or against a certain thing. And they become, you know, again, sort of like a soundbite. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that your standard forum format can really address because it's like, okay, introduce yourself to the public. You have 90 seconds go, you know, and it's really hard to do that. So by, you know, having these longer, more relaxed conversations with people and we broke these way up because we only had two candidates. So we did three episodes with each one Yeah, where they could really go in depth. We required them to put some time in. I think we each like the raw like recording session. We spent like a two and a half hours with each candidate. Wow. And, And they got to talk about personal things, like things they just like doing, things about their backgrounds so that you could kind of get to know them as a person and not just a position as well. And then we got them to sit down and have a conversation together. And I don't think you see that very often. Well, how how long is that? Because you can you can tell, and you know, it's, I've been a print guy for so long. So how long is like that tra- raw transcript? If oh, we, how if many we were, words? If we were gonna, just going to publish raw transcripts, how, how long do you think that would have gone? Ooh, because they recorded for what, like about forty minutes. Oh gosh, I, I, their conversation. If I if I if I knew that question ahead of time, maybe we can go back and we can answer that. It's we can have a follow up for the know, next. It would have been a big chunk because even oh yeah, if tens we converted that into column words. inches, it would have been like half. Well, the because newspaper. you did, you turned yeah. some of that into like I think even four question and answers, which yeah. was still like mm-hmm. close to two thousand words. Exactly. Just like that, so and that was cut way right. down. That was really boiling it down. Right, which in our world's almost like over half a page. Yes. Printed page of broadsheet. Exactly. So what were our final numbers from this election? Oh, our final numbers for this election were, we had 4,906 okay. votes cast, which was really In, good. Well, relative to our time here and a municipal election, because mm-hmm. a lot of people saw that and they thought, right. oh, you know, 50, there's 50,000 people here. That's right. only 10% of your population. But yeah, we know that. It doesn't work like that. That's we that's know not, that. We know, those aren't we know that. Well, we know <laughs> out of those fifty some thousand people <laughs> right. that only twenty some thousand are registered to vote. Right, and most okay. of those are going to come out for and for big elections. What's it exactly. like? Uh, Seventeen to twenty percent yeah. of that population are like kids that can't vote. Right. <laughs> right. Well, okay. so basically, what we got was we got really closer to a twenty five percent turnout, which was pretty good. It was the second highest turnout that I remember seeing. So that would, if that puts it in, into any kind of perspective, it was more than the 2010 uh, recall election for Mayor Nathan Bates, and it was less than the when the bond issues went down in flames in 2013, mm-hmm. about a thousand less. So I mean, it was, uh, but it was a really strong turnout. Anyway, uh, everything passed by just about 70 percent. Will Joyce carried uh let's see mark trotter got what about 26 percent of the vote will joyce got the the rest of it which would be like 74 percent and then the uh sales tax and the uh visitor tax both passed by around 70 percent right uh 
transportation tax a little more. Yes, Business a little tax, bit more. Just a, a few votes uh, fewer. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and the thing, the interesting thing about this though, is that that same sales tax was on the ballot with the bond issues that went down in flames in 2013, and it lost by 70 percent then. Yeah, and and I it mean, wasn't ed- it wasn't editorial note um, I made, and then I got a. I got some responses. You did. You know, this is not the same. They, you know, it, and to be fair, they're right. Is it is not exactly the same. It wasn't right. packaged the same. Um, they, what they were trying to explain to me, people who've been here longer than I have, that the the heart of the voters did not change so much as just the the plan and how it was packaged, or not maybe not not necessarily marketing from a marketing standpoint, just that people were ready. To, to take on these issues the way they were presented this time. Well, and I think that's why they were so careful to present them as separate issues. Yeah. Because the last time it was packaged with a, um, with a big sports complex that was going to be built in an area that didn't seem like the best area for it. And people weren't really sold on spending a lot of money on this at the time. Uh, so with a big sports complex, with a new fire station, which is actually going to come up in April as its own issue, but that fire station uh, package or bond issue was um, rolled into a whole thing with buying 25 police cars. And people were not prepared to issue municipal debt to buy, I guess, depreciating assets. That seemed to be a big issue. That seems to be the thing with removing the animal welfare from mm-hmm. the bond and just having the fire station uh, be up there is that same kind of strategy, right? Instead of they kind of threw everything on one ballot and then it turns out maybe if somebody comes, like I remember voting on that and there was one of those things that I was like, nah, nah, bro. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> right. I don't remember if I voted no on everything. But, but a lot of people did. Yeah, I think it's it's much easier to go no, 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 or yes, 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 than like, uh, no, yes, no, yes. I agree with that. I agree with that. So they're being really careful about that. They really feel like the way they packaged it the last time was an issue. And so they're really trying to avoid that. Did you talk to, well, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to think the timing of this. I don't think, I think you may have spoken to Mayor Joyce before. Yes. Um, before he went to council and sort of proposed um, moving forward with the the fire station, but not animal welfare. Exactly. Okay, so you didn't you didn't really get to ask him about that because no. just watching that meeting, it wasn't something they had spoken with before. You could tell. Oh no! Uh, you could tell he he brought that up, and it was sort of an, a new idea to everyone there. Oh no, absolutely! Because Which, originally yeah. they were going to put it all on one ballot right. in mm-hmm. February, mm-hmm. and then they said, "No, let's do the tax issues first. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do the bond issues in a separate one. And I, my impression of that at the time was that it was to give them more time to do public education, to talk about the bond issue, really explain what they wanted to do, basically to market it to the public so that it would have a better chance of being approved. And then they came back and they said, oh, let's break this up even a little more and just focus on the fire station because it's a higher priority. And we'll do animal welfare maybe next year. Mm-hmm. And Ashlyn, you've toured animal welfare. Have you toured the no, fire station? No, we haven't toured either of them yet. 
Oh, I, did you not? Oh, you see, so uh, you did all that. No, by phone. we need to set that up again. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So no. you, but you, so you haven't been to the no. the, the fire station at the college. I have. You have probably. Yeah. Thanks. I have also toured it. Yeah. When I was dating my husband, I spent a right. lot of time in fire station number two. Did you get to slide down? Do they have a pole to slide down? No, they the don't. pole was already gone. They already took it out. At one point, a previous fire chief had had an idea to go in and renovate it. And make it really cool and change up the living quarters and put the pole back in. And, I mean, it would have been awesome. And it would have been this cool old historic fire station that was more functional. And then they went in and they found all the stuff that you find in old buildings and determined that the pole, you know, the big hole in the floor that goes down to the apparatus bay would be a huge liability hazard if the public were wandering around and uh so they decided no they were they were not going to do that i think they would have had to spend as much or more to bring that station up to standard Mm -hmm. and they only have a lease on it for like what 20 some more years and it can't fit their big old ladder truck and it can't fit their new their modern apparatus so (laughs) they would have had to do they would have had to do a lot spend just as much as they would to build a new fire station, I believe. And it still wouldn't have met all their needs. So that's why they've decided to go with the approach that they're going with. At least that's what I'm being told. And is that is that location, so let's say the bond passes, right. um, they've already projected that the location's going to be out on Western, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, it would be a little bit uh, to the north and west on Western Road. Where you've got a nice big right. four-lane road yes. to... Yeah, better access, better response times, Mm -hmm. still close to the university, which is the The need of the ladder truck. Exactly. And um, also better response times to some of those housing additions that are out west of town Mm. or that are out on the west side of town. One of the things they run into right now is that right there, what we call Campus Corner, that intersection there and that, you know, where the road curves around on Knobloch is that it's really tough to get those trucks, even the ones that do fit in the bays, in and out. Because they have to have people get out there and stop traffic. Because people are hauling butt around the corner, you know, and you've got a fire truck in the middle of the road. Does that have um, historic registry? Yes. So, okay. It's a historic building. Okay, so they, there's... It's not going anywhere. Yeah, they couldn't tear it down. No, the university doesn't want to do that. It wants to repurpose it. Yeah, okay. And then... With the 6th Avenue corridor plan, you know, they were talking about doing a lot of stuff on that campus corner area. And basically, I mean, it already is, like, especially during game days, game days, a heavily pedestrian area. Right. Um, But to even go more in on that. And so a fire station doesn't make sense if you're going to have, like, I mean, like walk around, for example. Like, (laughs) you can't be like, oh, part the 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 seas of people to get the fire trucks out exactly it, it just did it, it it's not practical and also they the fire chief has said that there's overlap in their running district because of where it is uh you know as the town has grown as the town has developed they've had to you know each station has its own running district that it covers and because of this historic location and it being right in the middle of town it can't really get anywhere, and then other stations have to kind of reach out and go further than they might really might really be ideal for response time. Mm-hmm. Because their goal is that from the time the alarm goes off, basically they've got 90 seconds to get on the truck and pulling out. That is their standard. So, you know, they want to be within four minutes of anything in town, ideally. And so redrawing those districts will help them to do that. We should have a... Uh... The fire chief and somebody on on grassroots to talk about that 
bond issue. I've been thinking exactly <laughs> the same thing, maybe Chris. That's, maybe that's coming. Hmm, Ooh. Maybe. Ooh. Who doesn't? So, you know, when we t- oh, we're talking about teaser. doing news, we're, we're, you know, even though grassroots is not like hard news or anything, but you're trying to find like, you know, both sides of an issue. Right. Who is against a new fire well, station? I mean, I, we could probably not, find somebody. Well, I mean, you may not, and you may not be against a, a new fire station, but maybe you're against paying for it that way. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. There's plenty of people who yeah. don't want to take on that debt or increase oh, yeah. their property taxes yeah. or whatever. I mean, there's, yeah. Goes oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, actually, back in the day, back in 2013, I found this in an old article. It said that if all those propositions, which would, uh, they wanted to spend $20 million on a 20-year bond to construct the youth sports complex. They wanted to spend $7.5 million at the time on a 10-year bond issue to build and equip the fire station and add 25 patrol vehicles. And uh, those propositions would have increased people's property tax. If you had a home assessed at $150,000, mm-hmm. your property taxes would have gone up by about 135 a year. Hundred and thirty five a year. Yeah. I guess we kinda need to know those numbers for this go around, what that's gonna look like. Yeah, absolutely. That's kinda the like kind of thing did people are interested the, in. With the hundred and fifty dollar grocery bill that increased with the sales tax by what seventy five cents? Seventy five cents. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean that and that really is what it comes down to is like how does it affect people's lives? Yeah. Uh but it's interesting the way this is being packaged and some of those issues that failed in twenty thirteen are coming back. They're being presented in different ways. Obviously, almost a decade later, the need is still there. Mm-hmm. For I mean, they've determined that ten years later, yes, now we really need this. And I think people have been driving on crumbling roads long enough that they've decided, okay, a transportation sales tax, maybe we will approve that. Mm-hmm. And wasn't part of um the visitor's tax, you know, when it goes towards amenities, isn't there, they call it sort of the low-hanging fruit, but it's also sort of, uh, I don't know, just like it's, if you're looking at something that could easily sort of bring people in mm-hmm. and have them spend their money here, then yeah, a youth, sports, whatever. That is I don't exactly know if it's a soccer right. fields, uh, you know, what, whatever kind of, I don't know if it's a big complex or, or what, but that is definitely at the top of the list, right? That's exactly what so, they're thinking. Yeah, that's also coming back, right? Yeah. Because the visitor tax that passed, they're looking at that, you know, generating, what was it they said, like one and a half million dollars or something? Yeah, and then, and then 30% of that. Right, so they're going to split 70-30, 70% goes for visitor recruitment the way it's always been. And uh, then 30% is going to be kind of sequestered in this fund that can be used to build amenities and attractions. And one of the things they're talking about is youth sports. And I mean, the thing is, youth sports has only gotten bigger in over the last 10 years. Uh, we have more sports. We have more traveling teams. There are families that spend all their free time at a ball field of some sort. And sometimes at various ball fields or gymnasiums throughout the year, I've known families where one parent had a kid, where they had a kid who was really good at soccer. They had another kid who played baseball or softball. And those parents would split up. One would take one kid and go to one, one side of the state for a tournament for one sport. And the other parent would take the other kid to the other end of the state for a different tournament. And these people spend thousands of dollars a month to do this. So it is big. Um, they view it as, and I've seen, you know, people whose kids are involved in this say, I go to these other towns and I see all these people from my own town. 
<laughs> why don't we have people coming to us and spending money and staying in our hotels and buying food in our restaurants? Mm-hmm. And so it kind of makes sense. And over the last 10 years, it's not gone away. It's not go- it wasn't a fad that died out. Uh, so maybe this is a different way to pay for it in a way that's more palatable to people. Yep. And if you want more details on that, go back and listen to the Grassroots uh, Visitor Tax with yeah. Christy Morrison and Chris Norris from Visit Stillwater. And they do a pretty good job of explaining things. But that was basically our election. What have you been doing, Ashland? Hmm? I've just been chilling. What about you? You have not <laughs> been chilling. Just hanging out. You've been doing the opposite <laughs> of chilling. You never chill. You are so not chill. I'm really not. You have no chill. <laughs> oh. oh, what'd you work on last week? This week? Um, I Next worked week. on the radio silence police encryption story. Mm-hmm. You're giving people slam heads. Yes. You got to. You got to explain. Well, I those. thought Chris was going to go in and do his thing. What? Oh, you're. <laughs> okay. What we're trying to say, like, okay. <laughs> Uh, we're that, gonna that we're gonna talk we're gonna toss it to Chris. That was his cue to chime in on his who stuff. Can, who can do what? Explain. Yeah, the what digital. Radio, yeah, uh, the technology is, part. The difference between what they have now and what they're going to. Yeah. And uh, this is something. Because uh, he helped me with that. Okay, they've already they've already proved um, changing the radios to a new a newer digital radio. Mm-hmm. Correct. Be for our first responders. Do, I, um. LifeNet's on their own thing, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, so that's so for for here it would be what? Um, Stillwater, yes, Stillwater Fire, Stillwater Police, Emergency Management, and was the airport in that one? Um, probably their yes, stuff? I believe so. I think that was in your story. I think all of the city stuff, including the airport, would be okay. Yeah. So the money's approved, but it it wouldn't. Um, they and they know. I think the product they want. But they wouldn't switch over until later this summer. Mm-hmm. They're okay. saying what August? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They've been approved to buy a solution from Motorola. Um, that I, I mean, they've they've been approved with the contract to you know they know what they're buying and now they just got to get it installed. Right, six point seven million. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I remember when that one came across when we were looking at the agenda and it was like, oh. Hundred thousand here, six point seven. Like, oh, wait a second, what's this? And that was kind of our yeah. first knowledge into it. And then, so we ran that. You wrote that story, Michelle. I did. And uh, and then when we were, I forget how it came up again, but it came up as, oh, it's digital. And it was like, oh wait, our police scanner is analog. It's not digital, is it? And we're mm-hmm. like, nope. And I'm like, oh well, we're gonna need a new scanner. And then that kind of led into. Oh, yeah. we're going to have to get new stuff. And then it's like, oh, well, these digital scanners, they can be encrypted. And for those that, you know, don't know. Yeah, so we were actually looking at digital. Well, I was looking at digital scanners to see a price range so we could figure out how much it's going to cost for us to upgrade for the newsroom. And mm-hmm. so I emailed the chief to find out, Chief Jeff Watts, um, what's a good digital scanner. And that's how we found out that the channels would be encrypted. Mm. Because he then told yeah. you that, he, like, yeah, well, you said, could get commer- one, yeah, he but said you won't be able to be hear able anything. To pick it up, yeah. Any commercial police scanner cannot pick it up. So then he said to fact check that with emergency management Rob Hill, and he then said, yes, that is correct. Okay, so the fact that it's encrypted and the fact that we would not have a, a scanner capable of doing that, what does that mean? Well, that means that... Um, 
us and anybody in the community who does have a scanner right now will not be able to hear anything come August. Not from the city. From the city, right. yeah. Okay. Um, Payne County is still on their own thing right now. So you could pick up Payne County Sheriff's Office, um, LifeNet, that stuff. But as far as Stillwater Police Department and Stillwater Fire Department, it won't be able to be picked up. And emergency management and stuff and like what's that. A, and well, I don't want to say ham radio because those guys always get mad at me. <laughs> what, do they, what do they call it? Something. Banned. Oh yeah, uh, I don't. We I don't can, know the amateur use, radio. Oh, the truckers. Guys the truckers. No, 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 no. It's like the amateur radio groups. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonder yeah. what's going to mean for those folks. I have to talk to them next. Ashland is one of those people. I almost said weirdos. Um, Facts. Who, who keeps a. A scanner at home. I do. I have a we'll, scanner. We'll at even home. allow it to wake her up sometimes. I have it right next to my bed on. at night. This is not okay. This is not some kind of labor abuse. No, I, I've told her I would not do that. <laughs> I, I like, have a problem. I'm okay, like, no. this is her choice. I wouldn't do that. I don't know why, but it's <laughs> no. actually relaxing it to listen to it right. at night. I've heard the podcasts you listen to to fall asleep, so I get that better now. At first, I didn't believe you. I don't know why. It just relaxes me to know that if something was to happen, I could wake up and cover it, and I don't know why. Yeah. But, yeah, come August, it'll be fully encrypted. But um, the good thing is, it doesn't have to be fully encrypted. Some channels can be encrypted, while others can remain open. So they still have the opportunity or... Well, something look at uh, that something too. they can do on the fly, right? Yeah. Is that, is, or as far yeah. as we know, I, the, I guess the policy is still being developed. Who knows right. on, on that? There's a lot of time left. There, there's a lot of technology that we need to understand, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, because yeah. one of the things I've heard is that with this, uh, what they call a trunked system, is that basically what it does, part of how it encrypts, is, or part of what it does to, for efficiency and then also for security, is it hops around from channel to channel to channel during the transmission. Mm-hmm. And basically, I guess, if you can't follow them as they hop, then you're not going to hear everything. And that's where the scanners come in. The scanners are right. like, there's there's basically different quality of scanners, and the more expensive one can basically hop faster and right. pick up whatever that is. But... If it's encrypted, it's like, you know, a key to the lock. If you don't have the key, it, it doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to hear right. it. And yeah. the, what the, you know, they're stating officer safety, right? Yeah. As one of their and main reasons. And to jump reasons. off of the um, jumping around on channels, my car scanner actually does that. When I was headed out to the car that was found in the Cimarron River last year, it jumped around between different Payne County channels. And so that was very interesting trying to navigate that because, okay. you know, but... I mean, I made it there, so obviously it works fine. But yes, Chris, what was your question? I forgot. Oh well, I, one of their main reasons that they've said is yes, officer, is officer safety, safety. Um, officer safety, and citizen safety. Um, they want information that may be said over the scanner regarding public information of our community to be silent. If someone has a traffic stop, they don't want you to hear that over the scanner. Now. Um, we have this scanner running all the time in mm-hmm. the newsroom. Mm-hmm. I've, I, and now, unless it's one of those like quiet one channels where sometimes I just can't hear what they're saying, I hardly ever hear like a driver's license number or something, maybe a license plate every um, once in a while. They will say it in kind of a code. Some of the, I mean, it's hard to pick up on what the names of the individuals are. Um, 
But if it's a suspect that or someone that they're looking for as a potential suspect, they do say that name over the scanner because I always cue in on that and I have to look them up on OSCN to see, you know. But other, but you've talked to other departments, mm-hmm. and yes. some have, some have said um, we keep patrol open, yes. we close it for special operations. Mm-hmm. And yes. Then, uh, yeah. Who? So who has told you what? Um, Oklahoma City PD, they have a fully encrypted scanner except for patrol is left open. Um, Same with Tulsa. Oklahoma City said they wanted to be transparent with the media and the community, so they left those open. Tulsa, I I didn't really go in-depth in an interview with him. He was more explaining to me um, their system and how it went from analog to digital. So that was more of what he talked about, but he said that they're also open um, not for transparency with the media because he did say he doesn't work for the media so it wasn't left open for the media but it is open for the community. Broken Arrow is fully encrypted and they said it's because they run their own ambulance service. Found that out on Monday after the story went live on Saturday and then Norman PD actually just called me during the podcast to discuss it so um, I'll be able to get something from them too hopefully soon. Yeah. Okay, so you reached out to Broken Arrow and Norman mm-hmm. before the story yeah, went out, Yeah, I reached right? out to them on Friday and left voicemails, and I did not hear back from them by press time. Okay. So I sent follow-up emails and calls this week and finally got a hold of them with okay. minimal information, So, but mm-hmm. yes, we did. So we're talking about police, but there's also an aspect that I learned that like Ashlyn already knew and you guys already knew was like the fire tones. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like... B D D do 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's a bad and one. The more- <laughs> and then like, you know, Ashlyn's perking up and we're all hopping it's our like computers the more like okay. Tones there are, the here comes it an is. address or here comes a location. Let's right. hop on the maps. Where is that out? Yeah. Are we gonna send Ashlyn there? And now we're all trying to tune in. Right. If if the whole thing is encrypted, we don't get that either, no, right? We don't. No. No. We do not. But so if- Patrol was open, then we could. But if it's fully 100% encrypted, we wouldn't. So patrol would include fire. Yeah. Because fire is dispatched for medical, car crashes, fires. They're dispatched to everything. I didn't know that when I started this job, but firefighters are dispatched to pretty much everything. More than half their calls. I mean, on the SFD report that they gave to the city council last week, more than half their calls were medical calls. So many medical calls. And that's the thing is I can differentiate between the tones, between grass fires, Car wrecks, um, medical stuff like that, from structure where they're dispatched. Fires. Structure fires. That. You'll hear the tone, and then they'll start calling mm-hmm. every for every truck in you know. Yes, the city right. And that's much. why I have that's, a car you know, scanner because on the way there, right. they'll be like, "All right, we're gonna cancel," and I just have to hit a U-turn and yeah. head back to the office. But yeah, right. It's a very critical part of our job. Okay, now something that that jumped out at me when you talked to the people in Tulsa, and they said that we didn't leave it open for the media because mm-hmm. we don't work for the media. We left it open for the public. Here's the deal. And this is this is something that drives me crazy. When we're getting information from people, from government entities, when we're listening to the scanner, when we're doing this, who do they think we're doing it on behalf of? The, the public. Yeah. I mean, we have our open records laws. Uh, they're not just for media. They're for the public. And what we do is for the benefit of the public. You mean we're, we're not doing it so just that stuffing everybody it in our fat wallets, you know, getting no. all the ad money with, you know, fire, 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 money, money, money. Uh, it, I wish. Oh, I wish, does, but I mean we're we're getting this information and disseminating it 
to the public Mm -hmm. so that every John Q. Public doesn't have to go to City Hall and ask for these documents. Or doesn't have or to doesn't listen, have to to a listen to the scanner 24-7. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the thing. We are the public. We are representing the public. So when people are kind of snippy about that and act like the media is different than the public and we have different concerns, we're really not. That's who we're working for, too. And see, and I think mm-hmm. it starts to get a little dangerous when, if it is fully encrypted, if we have to start relying on Facebook as a way to get to things because people message us on Facebook about all kinds of stuff. Um, Are you saying social media is not reliable? <gasps> Shocker. Well, w- remember when, uh, I don't think we sent you out and it was late when they thought there was a, a plane had crashed like southwest of town. I remember that. And and they were going out there and they're just like, yeah, we're not seeing anything. We're not seeing anything. But yeah. you get people online commenting like, oh, yeah. So-and-so said this. So-and-so said well, they heard this. it's like that kid who was detained after the shots fired call. People mm. on Facebook said, oh, it's a bank robbery. It wasn't. Yeah. You know? It and was actually a kid walking um, to work. Tackled, yes. tackled at gunpoint. But yeah. Yeah. Also, also detained. On yeah. his way to work. Right. Yes. Um. Or sometimes people will see fire departments respond to a uh, apartment and they automatically will say, hey, is there a fire over here? I respond, no, that was a medical call. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like people hear sirens and they automatically want to know what's going on. I know that because why do you think I'm doing the job I'm doing? There I was go. one of those people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there are so many shots fired calls that turn out to be transformers, so many, so many other yes, things. They like, don't find anything. I was at Boomer Lake and it sounded like a shots fired. And I said, that was probably a uh, transformer that blew. Yeah. So would you say that we provide information that helps uh, correct maybe some misinformation? Yes. I would. What about you, Bo? <laughs> well, it was it was interesting. Um, this is something I, I think I saw from... You know, the the Joe Rogan stuff, and then somehow, like, Jon Stewart came to his defense. And one of the pull quotes from Jon Stewart, who, you know, the Daily Show, the mm-hmm. you know, big comedian, right. said, uh, who's to decide what is misinformation? And my thought was, boy, I don't know, John. maybe the people who actually know the correct information, maybe they're the people who get to decide. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can tell people. If it's what, not right, then maybe right. it's misinformation? Who's to decide? If it's not true? Who's to decide what's true and false or right and wrong? There is no objective we? truth anymore. Yeah, I, I Everything is not. subjective now. Oh. I mean, there's very few uh. times are there things that I see on Facebook that I check with the police department about that's true. I mean, I always do my due diligence and I check just because I don't want to be wrong. And, you know, very few times. But on some occasions, it is something and it does give us an opportunity to ask questions. Yeah. I want to I wanna not even smooth transition into this other thing before we get out of here. Speaking okay. of subjective or truths, recycling. Is it any good for us? <laughs> oh, Bo. And you know you and I disagree on this. <laughs> well, like, and but, fight. <laughs> we have a respectful disagreement on this, I think. Uh, well, okay, yeah. I so, recycle yes, obsessively we, because I think it's just the right thing to do. <laughs> and I'm willing to pay a little more. Not everybody is. Not okay, everybody no, is. Not even, a, but not even our issues w- yeah. with recycling, but we actually do have... Oh, yeah. New things happening happening in the city. Yes, we do. On the recycling front. Uh-huh. Um, the, the backstory is sort of a wild, fanciful tale of how everything can go wrong. 
<laughs> that um, is true. When we first started, okay. I'm trying to like since in the last five years even. Okay. Do you just uh, recycling? Want, like, the- well, I, I I kind of feel like recycling came up for us um, when they really started talking about it. We know we knew we had this task force was because they were trying to say that people were just screwing it up. You're just you're throwing the wrong things away, folks. Let's get out there and let's do a a big, you know, campaign on what to recycle, what not to recycle. You're just hey, not when doing they put, it right. When they put the plastic, right. the sticker on the lid that's like right. ones, twos, and fives, because before yeah. it was like ones, twos, Everything. fives, sevens. There was there was, right. there was, was okay. a much longer list. But when they put that sticker on there, that was actually really helpful. So please, Michelle, now tell me yes. why none of that mattered at the time. Okay, none of that mattered actually. That's a little bit sassy. <laughs> I, he he's being a little sassy, folks. He's he's being a, he's got his sassy pants on today. Okay, basically the whole thing is uh, recycling was sold to that people wanted it for a long time. Sure, it was sold as something that would be self-supporting. That would basically you know we can we can turn around we can sell this stuff and it's going to break even and it's going to save money and 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 space in the landfill. It's going to extend the life of the landfill and it's going to save us dumping fees and man, it's going to be amazing. And at first it looked like it might be. And then things happened. Recycling markets changed. Uh, materials that you could not give away, let alone sell, uh, that you had to pay people to dump. And then we had a recycling processor who started struggling. And who it turned out was holding materials, I believe. Uh, this is what I've been told. Holding materials until the market got better. And then things started piling up. But I... but. His version of that was also like he, he could not himself sort through it. Well, that was yeah. Okay. Or that's what he told the city is right, why it right. was building up. I, I think it was yeah. a combination of factors. It's yeah. like there were things that he was holding on to until the pricing got better was what he told them, and then he said there were too many contaminants in it that people were just throwing things in there that should not be in there, out and out garbage. Those Walmart which, which bags, not be in there. which also Clogged. happens, which Clogged. also yeah. happens. So which, yeah, which a lot does. of lot of sides to this. Yeah, people would take their all the recycling and put it in a Walmart bag and tie it up and dump that in there well those bags can't be processed by the machines they're so thin that plastic film even if it's a type of plastic that could be recycled you need specialized equipment to handle it because otherwise it gets in there it clogs up the machine so there are all these factors so basically they ideally would like you to take your your containers one two and five the only plastics wash them out and then put them in the recycling bin and put nothing else in there. Michelle, paper have, and have you gotten the little tag that says you were a good girl and you did your recycling right? We have. Me we too. Have. But anyway, Y'all so are okay, lame. so this, I know <laughs> nerds. But anyway, so we are we are recycling nerds. But anyway, so this had been going on. This was a big problem. The city had to pay. Basically, DEQ got involved. Okay, that's and the department of environmental quality okay. because this guy was run. They said you're at the point where you're running a trash dump without a permit, so the city had to go in. And he was and he was going to bail on the contract. He was like, I'm not doing this anymore, and so the city came in and on its dime hauled all of that stuff that had piled up to the landfill. So that's people right. who had been recycling for a long period of time, feeling oh, good about what right. they were doing. It all went to the landfill anyway, so, and the city had to pay extra 
to do it. So for a period of like five to eight years, everyone who thought they were recycling were not recycling. <gasps> oh. <laughs> were... oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a bad deal. It all went to a landfill. It was a bad deal. So yeah. we developed this recycling task force that said, we're going to study this. We're going to look at different options. What are we going to do? The city finally decided that the goal was to basically have control of our own destiny and that we were going to build our own staging center. Right. So that came in. They said, okay, that's going to cost like about 1.2 million, but it'll be worth it in the long run because we'll be able to, you know, handle all this. And then we're going to haul it off to what they call a MRF, which is a materials uh, recycling facility. I've I've actually got it in there. I even said like how told people pronounce it MRF. But anyway, it's MRF. It's a materials, uh, I'm going to say. Recovery. Recovery facility. Okay. And this is where they sort it and they take it wherever it's going to go. They wanted a proper MRF. Which would basically guarantee it was that the stuff was actually going to be recycled, that it wasn't going to pile up and then get hauled to the landfill in a couple of years. So um, they did a rate study, said, okay, we're going to have to do some trash rate increases in order to pay for this. They figured out a way to do it, uh, kind of phased over years. I'm getting ready to do another story that looks at that rate study and where we are on that. And that's when they brought an outside yeah, they person. brought in a consultant. Yeah, they bring in yeah. a consultant. You bring in the expert right. and says, here's how much it should cost. Exactly. And this is these are the different options for paying for it. What do you want to do? They tried to spread it out as much as they could to make it a little bit easier on people. Because there are some people who are a little sore that they're paying for recycling that they don't really use. Because it's a little surcharge that's added to everybody's trash account in town. It's spread out over the entire, uh, every household to make it more affordable. And I... I, I call those people champions of responsibility. Okay, there you go. <laughs> no, no, please continue. No, anyway, okay, so they did this rate increase. They were going to pay for this. Okay, so then they put it out for bid. Guess what? It comes back more than twice what they thought it was going to cost. So now they've said... And a pandemic has happened in between that there's time been some and time, all the things involved in that, right? You know, material costs, everything. Mm-hmm. It came back at like three point some million. Way, way more. So now they've decided it's not financially feasible that they would have to raise rates again even more, like 3.5%, in order to be able to afford to build this thing. So now they're saying, okay, we're going to go with plan B. We're going to contract with uh, Republic Services, which is the company that owns our landfill. They're going to build a building out there at the landfill. They're going to store our stuff for us, and they're going to haul it to a MRF over by Tulsa. Okay, and so, so now we've got two contracts, two contracts, one with Republic, okay. one with the processing facility. And now our trash is traveling and has a, more of a carbon footprint. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. But it recycling. won't be going in the landfill. Well, recycling, right. yeah. So that is the that is basically it. And the rate, cha- the rate increase is not, I mean, the rates aren't going to be going down. They did another study. They did another really quick study of this and they looked and they said, okay, the fact that we're not building this facility of our own anymore, does this mean that we need to raise rates in order to cover these two contracts now? Does it mean that we need to, Can will we be able to lower them? Will it be cheaper? And they said, did no. they actually ask, they can said they that. lower? Okay. That's just what, making that's, sure. That's what Chris Knight said. Okay. He said they actually looked at whether they could be lowered. And uh, the answer was no, because hardly ever is the answer yes, that you get to pay less, uh, you know, because costs continue to go up. And now we have two separate contracts and we have fuel um, allowances 
and we have all kinds of things like that that we have to deal with and gas is going up Mm -hmm. so we have to factor in all those things anyway uh the good news is your rates will not be going up any more than they were already going to go up but the bad news is they're not going to be any cheaper either hopefully though what this means is the trash will, it, you shouldn't see any difference. The city of Stillwater is still going to pick it up curbside from the same container that you've always had. They're going to take it out to the landfill. The people at the landfill are going to process this, handle it. They're going to haul it to Tulsa. And there, there it's going to be processed and actually recycled. That is the vision that we are being presented with now. That's and the it plan. will not cost anymore. Okay. So did that's they, where we are at the moment. They, have they, did, they, did they approve those or did they... Because I was trying to think they had. Yes. Okay. So the. They approved the contracts. Approved the contracts at council. Yes. Okay. And the uh, changeover will be this summer because uh, Cedar Creek Farms, the current processor, uh, their contract expires at the end of the fiscal year. Where Where's are people's where's people's recycling going right now right now it's going out mm-hmm. like kind of north of town to Cedar Creek Farms, the same place where it piled up. Okay. But they swear they're doing better. But and as far as the uh, us as individual recyclers, nothing changes on our end. Everything still stays the same. They have not announced that the materials that you can recycle are going to be any different. The rules are still the same. The desires are still the same. It'd be great if you would rinse your containers out when you put them in. Mm, and I do. I even rinse out my cans, like vegetables or whatever. I rinse them out before I put them in the recycling. I am such a nerd. But anyway. I don't even wash my fruit after buying it at the store. Well, that's a whole other issue. <laughs> but Man. anyway, uh, so. <laughs> Captain Planet. Right. You as a consumer. <laughs> you as a consumer should not see a difference. That's the whole thing. Yeah. And your rates are still going to be what they were going to be. That's really the nut graph right there. All right. The power is yours. Wind, water, hot, go, planet! By your powers combined, I am Captain Planet! (laughs) Okay, Tom Cruise. (laughs) All right. Uh, That's probably our time. Yeah. We'll we'll dig into some more of this uh, next time. Thank you for joining us in the newsroom. In the Newsroom is edited and produced by me, Chris Peters. You can find all of our past episodes and show notes at studiostillwater.net. This podcast is made possible with support from the Stillwater News Press. Please consider subscribing to our award-winning newspaper and help support local journalism. Go to stwnewspress.com to sign up. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. <laughs>